1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the TELUS 2021 Q2 Earnings Conference
2: Call. I
1: would like to introduce Mr. Robert Mitchell. Please go ahead.
2: Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, our second quarter 2021 results, news release, MD&A, and financial statements, and detailed supplemental information were posted on our website this morning at telus.com investors. On our call today, we will have remarks by Darren Entwistle, President and CEO, Dan Omaoji, EVP Home Solutions, and Doug French, EVP and CFO. As well for the Q&A portion of our call, we will be joined by Tony Guerin, EVP and Chief Cuffs, Customer Officer; Francois Greton, EVP and Group President, Tels Health, Tels Agriculture, and Tels Quebec; and Jim Senko, EVP Mobility Solutions. Very briefly, on slide two, this presentation and answers to questions contain forward-looking statements that are subject to risks and uncertainties and made based on certain assumptions. Accordingly, actual performance could differ from statements made today, so we ask that you do not place undue reliance upon them. We disclaim any obligation to update forward-looking statements except as required by law, and we refer you to the risks and assumptions as outlined in our public disclosures, including our second quarter 2021 MD&A, our 2020 annual MD&A filings with Securities Commissions in Canada and the U.S. With that, over to you, Darren.
3: Thanks, Mitch, and hello, everyone. For the second quarter, our team once again achieved strong operational and financial results at both TELUS and TELUS International. This continued execution excellence, realized against the backdrop of the ongoing global pandemic, was truly characterized by the consistent combination of industry-leading and profitable customer growth, yielding strong financial results across the totality of our business. Our continuing robust performance reinforces the effectiveness of our globally leading broadband networks and superior customer-centric culture, underpinned by our highly engaged team and their passion for delivering outstanding connected experiences. This contributed to leading customer net additions of 223,000 and industry-best client loyalty across key mobile and fixed product lines. Notably, blended mobile phone, voice, fiber, internet, and optic TV churn were all, once again, below 1% in the second quarter. Moreover, our results were buttressed by a highly differentiated and potent asset mix geared towards high growth, technology oriented verticals, which I'll discuss with you in just a moment. Looking at our consolidated financial results for the second quarter, We achieved revenue and EBITDA growth of 10%, respectively, year over year. This performance reflects continued resilience and execution excellence and bolsters our unmatched capabilities and competitive position for the post-pandemic recovery. Let's take a look now at our mobile operating results. TELUS once again achieved industry-leading customer growth. This included healthy mobile phone net additions of 89,000, which were up close to 50% over this time last year. For connected devices, we realized strong net additions of 84,000, up 51,000, or two and a half times over last year, reflecting increased demand for IoT solutions from new and existing customers. Importantly, our team yet again delivered another quarter of best-in-class loyalty results. Blended mobile phone churn was 0.81% and was essentially flat over last year. This performance is backed by strong digital capabilities and superior service offerings over our world-leading broadband networks. At a time when network connectivity is truly more important than ever, TELUS was once again recognized as having the fastest wireless network in Canada for the first half of 2021 by the independent US based UCLA organization. This is the fifth year in a row UCLA has ranked TELUS's mobile network as number one in Canada. This is a true demonstration of the incredible expertise and dedication of our entire team, including our engineers technologists, and network innovators. Against this backdrop in the recently concluded Spectrum auction, TELUS successfully acquired 25 MHz of 3,500 Spectrum licenses in our broadband footprint. Combined with a Spectrum acquired privately previously, TELUS now holds, on average, 40 MHz of 3,500 MHz Spectrum in our key markets. These licenses are going to enable TELUS to deliver enhanced mobile 5G broadband connectivity to our customers on a national basis. By securing the critical spectrum necessary to bring transformational, next generation 5G connectivity to Canadians, TELUS is able to continue to offer the globally leading network reliability, speed, coverage and low latency our fellow citizens need to realize improved outcomes in our digital world. Importantly, having the fastest network on a global basis matters, as it drives the innovation that enables the diversity, productivity and competitiveness of our country's private sector, supporting economic growth and job creation for our nation. It also matters because it helps us answer society's most pressing social challenges in health, education, food security and environmental sustainability while improving economic equality for the benefit of all Canadians. That's why 5G technology matters. However, 5G spectrum auctions around the world confirm that international carriers pay much less for this resource than their Canadian counterparts. Indeed, Canada's position as a global network leader is being undermined by burdensome regulations governing access to spectrum and its cost. Going forward, if we are all to truly benefit in terms of Canadians, if we are going to accelerate the government's innovation and affordability agendas, And if we are going to transition successfully into a 5G world, we need responsible, forward-looking, and predictable regulatory policy that ensures expeditious, fair, and economical access to this national asset so that Canadians can continue to benefit from networks that are the best on a global basis, because our country and our societies need it. Going back to our wireless results and having a look at the financials, in the second quarter, APU and ARPU increased by 0.2%. The positive impact of the continued successful adoption of our peace of mind endless data plans was partially mitigated by ongoing industry-wide pressure on roaming associated with pandemic-related restrictions and, of course, reduced travel again in the quarter. Despite this, we drove a 3.7% year-over-year improvement in mobile network revenue. This is reflective of the high-quality customer growth and upgrades that we are achieving and the strong underlying ARPU improvements resulting from this, which will, of course, become increasingly evident as roaming eventually recovers. Turning now to our wireline operating results, TELUS once again delivered another quarter of robust customer growth, which was industry-leading again across the board. We achieved total fixed net additions of 50000 in the second quarter, driven by continued strong internet loading and strengthened in security and TV, as well as continued moderate and stable residential voice losses. Total wireline subscribers were up more than 5% on a year-over-year basis, while net net additions in the quarter were up more than 6%. The increase in net loading was in spite of the COVID-related impacts in the prior year period. This included heightened demand for Internet services, as initial lockdowns took effect a year ago, in addition to a marked slowdown in market activity and client moves. Ongoing robust wireline customer loading comes on the back of our accelerated broadband expansion program, which is now well underway. In a minute, is going to have an opportunity to provide further commentary on our leading fixed results, as well as our broadband expansion program. This leading performance underscores the unique and highly attractive bundled offers available to customers across our superior product portfolio, coupled with our team's focus on leveraging the distinctive competitive differentiation inherent in our pure fiber network, which is becoming increasingly ubiquitous. Notably, independent U.S.-based PCMag recently ranked Telus as the fastest internet service provider in Canada for the second year in a row. This recognition from PCMag and from Ookla, both highly regarded third-party organizations that are independent, comes at a time when the human connection is more important than ever, with people continuing to work, learn, and access health services from the confines of their homes. This best-in-class standing across both our wireless and our wireline networks, has also been consistently recognized by other notable independent third-party organizations, including U.S.-based Open or U.K.-based Open Signal, Canada-based Totela, and U.S.-based J.D. Power. TELUS once again delivered impressive fixed data revenue growth of 14%. This comes through a combination of higher revenues from our diverse service and solution offerings, including robust growth in Internet and third-wave data services, strong growth in home and business smart technology solutions, inclusive of our security solutions portfolio in and of itself. It comes from resilient performance once again from our TV offering, and finally it comes from uniquely increased revenues from our information technology-centric growth businesses. Looking at TELUS Health, our team drove 26% year-over-year growth in health services revenue with strong key operating metrics. This included earning 1 million new virtual healthcare customers over the last 12 months, representing an 83% increase on a year-over-year basis. We continue to leverage our leading position in healthcare technology solutions, to deliver improved health outcomes for citizens through access to better and highly accessible health information. Moreover, we continue to grow and integrate our TELUS agriculture business and expect it'll also generate double-digit revenue growth and EBITDA growth prospectively, resulting now in increasing annual revenues in agriculture of approximately $400 million that we're looking to achieve In 2021. With more than 1,200 team members supporting clients in over 50 countries, we currently provide digital agriculture solutions to six of the top 10 food suppliers globally and nine of the top 10 agriculture customers in the world. As we continue to progress this business and our agriculture related disclosure, we are confident that investors will gain meaningful insights into this highly valuable asset we are creating as a globally leading provider of agriculture technology, software, and data-centric solutions within our digital world. Overall revenue for TELUS Technology Solutions, or TTECH, which as a reminder includes both our mobile and our fixed products and services, increased by 11% on a year-over-year basis, whilst EBITDA was up in excess of 7% and 8% when you normalize on a organic basis. Doug's going to have some more details on our T-Tech financials in just a moment. Turning to our Digitally-Led Customer Experiences, or DLCX, segment, which incorporates the results of TELUS International's products and services. Earlier this morning, TI announced strong double-digit operating revenue and EBITDA growth for the second quarter. TI is clearly demonstrating its position as the partner of choice for premier digital customer experiences as it continues to win more business from existing and new clients alike. Indeed, our passionate and talented team at TI are powering differentiated customer experiences for leading global brands through end-to-end next-gen digital solutions and services, including its unique mix of content moderation And leading artificial intelligence capabilities. Doug will also provide further details on DLCX financials during his commentary, including the upward revision that they've undertaken to their 2021 guidance. To conclude, we remain extremely bullish with respect to the continued and consistent operational and financial prospects for our business. This is underpinned by the ongoing smart investments we are making in our leading broadband networks, combined with our continued focus on customer experience leadership and digital transformation, and the resulting significant growth trajectory and efficiency benefits that these are certainly yielding. Our confidence in the robust outlook for our business and expected resulting free cash flow expansion, amplified by significant value creation in our emerging growth businesses, reinforces the long-term sustainability of our industry-leading dividend growth program, which is now, unbelievably, in its 11th year. Before handing off to Zainal, I'd like to take a quick moment to acknowledge the wildfires that continue to ravage many provinces across the country. The thoughts of the entire TELUS team are with those impacted by the fires, including the families evacuated from their communities as well as the firefighters and first responders, working so tirelessly to keep our communities and fellow citizens safe. Here in BC, I'd like to take a moment to thank our TELUS team members who have literally been working around the clock to support evacuees and local authorities across the impacted regions, leveraging our cell towers on wheels, in addition to deploying Telus's smart hubs and hundreds of satellite and cell phones to keep everyone connected and keep everyone safe. In addition, we're providing care kits and waiving fees for those tragically displaced from their homes as a result of the wildfires. My sincere thanks go out to the countless TELUS team members who continue to demonstrate day in and day out that when things are at their worst, our TELUS team is at their very best. Indeed, our TELUS team's passionate efforts to support our communities and our customers and our fellow citizens further exemplifies our leadership in social capitalism and our long-standing commitment to give back to the communities where we live, work, and serve. I remain exceedingly proud of and grateful for the entire TELUS team and the culture that we've created and that they exude in action to deliver outstanding results for all of our stakeholders. On that note, Zainal, over to you.
0: Thank you, Darren. As our results have consistently demonstrated, our customer first strategy is generating positive returns. Customers continue to recognize the superior value of our bundled offerings and the significantly higher broadband capacity, reliability, privacy, and speed symmetry that our unparalleled TELUS Pure Fibre internet services enable across homes and businesses. As Darren mentioned, our world-class network continues to win international recognition. In June, US-based PCMag ranked TELUS as the fastest internet service provider in Canada for the second year in a row. Impressively, PCMag experienced peak download speeds on our Pure Fibre network of up to 969 megabits per second and upload speeds more than nine times faster than other widely available plans in Western Canada. Notably, we increased our lead relative to our peers. In the quarter, we also launched Pure Fiber X, Canada's fastest internet speed tier with upload and download speeds of 2.5 gigabits per second and the capability to deliver up to 10 gigabits per second. This next generation fiber technology combined with the new Wi-Fi 6, the fastest home Wi-Fi connection, will enable even better quality connectivity, further advancing the customer experience. As we continue to roll out new capabilities, whether it's pure fiber or 5G, it is with superiority in mind and the customer benefits at the forefront resulting in strong take rates and healthy economics. These innovations and strategic investments are also reflected in our industry-leading mobility results led by Jim and his team, and we continue to enable strong customer growth and significant product intensification benefits across our home and mobility portfolio, driving further brand affinity and loyalty. As Darren outlined, we delivered a record second quarter result with respect to wireline customers, with an industry-leading 50,000 net additions, up 3,000 year-over-year. Supporting this outstanding result is our whole home bundle, leading to solid growth across all of our key product lines. Internet net additions totaled 30,000, our best second quarter result compared to all non-pandemic periods since 2002. Despite being down slightly over the same period last year, which was flattered by certain pandemic-related impacts, this strong result continues to reflect the ongoing robust demand for our leading pure fiber service. We continue to drive strong TV attach rates, with TV net additions totaling 11,000. Notably, we remain the only provider in North America to consistently deliver positive TV growth as customers recognize the unique value of our flexible packaging, fully integrating premium over the top streaming. Residential voice net losses of 10,000 remained low and stable with prior periods as we successfully leverage our expanding fiber footprint bundled product offerings, and strong retention efforts. Finally, our industry-leading security and automation net additions of 19,000 were up 7,000 over last year, reflecting the strength of our digital capabilities and innovations in virtual and do-it-yourself installations. We are continuing to expand our bundle of home and security automation, most recently with the successful launch of TELUS Online Security, providing both physical and cybersecurity solutions. The second quarter marked the first full quarter of our accelerated broadband build with targeted investments across fiber, 5G, and digitization. Back in 2013, we had the foresight to embark on our pure fiber journey with grit and performance-based community-driven outcomes, and we will continue to deliver on that investment. With a committed supply chain and labor force in place, our team enabled nearly 60,000 homes and businesses with fiber in the quarter, enhancing the significant opportunity for us to drive strong, profitable customer growth on a sustained basis. Our copper-to-fiber migration program is actively underway and building momentum with over 30,000 customers migrated to our pure fiber network during the quarter. Our efforts towards decommissioning copper are ahead of our peers, and we remain on track to complete the migrations by the end of 2023. As we have shared previously, moving our legacy copper customers to pure fiber improves customer lifetime value on several dimensions. Across our pure fiber base, we see 25% higher product intensity than copper, supporting a 15% higher ARPU per home, and a churn profile that is 20% lower, as well as significant efficiencies with our cost to serve for pure fiber that is 25 to 30% lower. Shifting to consumer health, in June, our team successfully launched Living Well Companion on Apple Watch. This is a first in the Canadian market and revolutionizes the way aging Canadians experience wearable personal emergency response services. Demand for our consumer health services, including TELUS MyCare, have all continued to experience strong year-over-year growth in the second quarter and contributed to our total virtual care members, which now stands at 2.2 million members. This increased demand reflects the growing adoption of digital tools by Canadians that enable safe, efficient, and effective access to health care. As we look towards life on the other side of this pandemic, we remain committed to keeping our customers and communities connected, safe, healthy, educated, and entertained. We are incredibly grateful and deeply humbled by the innovation, grit, and passionate execution of our team, and we firmly believe that our continued investments in superior networks, product diversification, and digital capabilities coupled with our long-standing culture of customers first, positions us to succeed now and well into the future. Over to you, Doug, to provide additional insight into our financial results.
4: Thank you, Zanel, and hello, everyone. Consistent with our proven track record, Q2 results continue to showcase our operational excellence and strong execution, powered by an industry-best customer service and leading asset mix. Our mobile phone net additions were up 46% over last year and impressively 9% over Q2 2019 prior to COVID. This strong loading alongside a 23% increase in customer renewals supported mobile equipment revenue growth, which was up $143 million or 40% over last year. Importantly, we sustained our focus on high-quality customer growth, with 70% of our mobile rate plan changes either step ups or flat from a revenue perspective, up from 65% in Q1 and 60% in Q4. In addition, our peace of mind unlimited data plans have continued to increase by at least 10% per quarter throughout 2020 and continuing into 2021. These attributes are driving strong network revenue and industry low churn. Accordingly, our mobile network revenue improved for the fourth consecutive quarter, and our mobile phone ARPU returned to growth for the first time since Q1 2018. This is an outstanding accomplishment against the backdrop of continued pandemic-related roaming revenue pressure, which was ARPU dilutive on a year-over-year basis and flat on a year-over-year basis on an absolute dollar basis. As we focused on the back half of the year, our roaming recovery will be linked to the easing of border restrictions, especially in the US, alongside trends around return to travel. We anticipate these factors will drive stronger ARPU growth in Q4 and certainly into 2022. On the fixed side, our business impressively had 14% data service revenue growth that showcases our consistent execution of targeting profitable customer growth and success in driving higher product intensity. Total fixed net additions were up 6% over Q2 2020 and up 16% over Q2 2019. A strong result considering the record levels of loading we considered throughout the pandemic in 2020, highlighting our leading pure fiber network, our customer friendly sales and support and our strong digital capabilities. In total, Tech revenue grew 11% and adjusted EBITDA was 7.3%, reflecting robust growth of all products, strong cost containment efforts across the entire organization, and the lapping of certain COVID impacts in the prior year. In DLCX, operating revenue grew 26%, or 36%, excluding the year-over-year change, and U.S. dollar to Canadian dollar exchange rate. This was backed by strong organic growth across key verticals, including tech and games, as well as e-commerce and fintech. This strong ongoing growth reflects the expansion of our services to existing customers combined with successful new client wins. Business acquisitions also contributed to the growth. Adjusted EBITDA increased by 37% or 55%, excluding the year-over-year foreign exchange impacts, due primarily to the flow-through of revenue growth and strong cost containment. Earlier today, TI revised its annual US dollar financial guidance, including its revenue range up by 20 million and EBITDA up by 7 million for 2021. Please see the TELUS International press release for further detail. As a reminder, while our DCX segment entirely represents TELUS International operations, there are reporting differences compared to TI's public disclosure. To help reconcile these differences on revenue and adjusted EBITDA, we have provided a walk-down reconciliation in the appendix of our posted investor presentation. Our consolidated results had revenue and adjusted EBITDA growth of 10% in the quarter. This results the fourth consecutive quarter of sequential improvement and demonstrates our ability to manage through the impacts of the pandemic, underpinned by our team's agility and being able to adjust our operations to the ever-changing environment. Free cash flow of $210 million was down from the prior year. The decrease was primarily due to $157 million of increased CapEx as, as we ramped up our accelerated broadband build. Additionally, cash taxes were higher by $120 million as the prior year COVID-related installment deferrals did not reoccur in 2021. The cash tax impact of our stronger-than-planned customer loading and renewals also impacted free cash flow. As we look to the remainder of 2021 today, we are reaffirming our annual consolidated financial targets, including revenue and adjusted EBITDA growth of up to 10 and 8% respectively. While there may be some seasonality in the back half of 2021, we are confident in our outlook as the world continues to reopen and as we execute on our capital acceleration program alongside our leading asset mix and premier customer experience. Our balance sheet remains very healthy, including total liquidity of over 5.1 billion. Even when factoring in our 3,500 megahertz spectrum auction investment and the early redemption of our 1 billion series DT notes next month, our liquidity position will remain very strong at approximately 2.1 billion. It's also worth highlighting, excluding the 3,500 megahertz auction, Our strategic investments in acquiring wireless spectrum and strategic acquisitions over the past 12 months only has contributed to our leverage by 0.57 basis points. When excluding these investments, our leverage ratio would have been 2.54 times, highlighting the strength of our underlying operations as we invest in long-term assets. Notably, with the successful inauguration of our sustainability-linked bond offering in June, our average cost of long-term debt declined by 10 basis points to an all-time low of 3.7%, further enhancing the quality and strength of our balance sheet and underpinning our ability to make the necessary investments to continue to advance our growth strategy, remaining committed to our investment-grade credit ratings and our social purpose. Importantly, with our robust balance sheet and financial flexibility, coupled with an attractive cash flow outlook, we remain committed to our long-term dividend growth program, while achieving our leverage target over the medium, medium term. In conclusion, our Q2 results reflect the strength of our asset miss, the consistent execution, and our commitment to sustainable long-term value creation for all shareholders. As we enter into the second half of the year, we look forward to continuing our strong operating momentum and further advancing our growth strategy. Robert, back to you for Q&A.
2: Thank you, Doug. Uh, Mihai, can we proceed with the uh, questions, please?
1: Yes, of course. Um, First question comes from Jeffrey Fan from uh, Scotiabank. Please um, go ahead, Jeff. Jeffrey Fan from Scotiabank.
5: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, thanks for all the color. Um, I guess the, the one thing that's on everyone's mind is uh, related to the spectrum auction. Um, wondering if you can talk a little bit about uh, given the higher than expected costs across the board, um, foretell specifically um, how you plan to de-leverage going forward, uh, what are some of the steps? I guess you guys have talked about possible monetization of TELUS Health and TELUS Agriculture. Can you provide a little bit of an update on that, please? Thanks.
3: Doug, why don't you take um, Jeff through uh, the litany of balance sheet uh, parameters uh, that are at our disposition uh, that uh, are potent and extensive.
2: Absolutely.
4: Um, So we're continuing to plan to invest in our long-term growth and we're investing in assets that have a very very long useful life so the starting point to to delevering is obviously our exceptional track record of turning these investments into operational results as you saw today our leading EBITDA growth um, is absolutely going to be one of the strategies in which we um, obviously will continue to delever over time And when you look at the impact on those, the acquisition that we did of Lionbridge during the TI IPO, um, which obviously impacted our leverage at that time, but it unleashed over six billion of liquidity in a publicly traded subsidiary of TI, um, being one of the flexibility points. Uh, With ag and, and health, as you suggested, uh, we're going to continue to build and nurture that asset um, with the opportunity to bring in a third party when the appropriate, or timing is appropriate and the right party is there uh, with a future IPO subsequent to that. Uh, we also have a significant amount of real estate opportunities as Zainal has been talking about the copper to fiber migrations uh, and talking about our um, uh, evolution um, to, to fiber. It does free up some assets that um, we'll be able to monetize over that time frame, uh, And then we have significant cost containment initiatives internally. Um, and as we implement those, you're going to see continued digitization, contig- continuous margin opportunity, and even copper to fiber is going to drive that margin opportunity. Um, so those are some of the highlights. Uh we have flexibility uh in other areas if necessary, but our investment thesis uh dividend program are are still um, very committed to and we do see delevering um in the uh, medium term uh to uh to the levels that we have suggested. Great. thank you, Doug.
1: All right. Um are you ready for the next question? I hope so. Next question comes from uh, Jerome Dubreuil from Déjà Please go ahead.
2: Yes, yeah, thank you. I uh, hope you're ready for the question. Uh, um, still still on the spectrum auction, uh, just in light of the, of the results that were published last night. Are there any incremental details that you can provide, maybe on the on the wireless strategy uh, following following the results
3: okay well I think it's pretty straightforward uh, for us we secured critical 5g spectrum given the importance of the mid band ecosystem to the 5g uh, deployment uh, it's our job now to get on with operationalizing that spectrum i think that's the mo- most important thing uh, at the end of the day um, and our goal is to uh, have a coverage footprint uh, on 5g um, by 75 percent uh, of the population uh, by the end of 2021 so uh, it's it's one thing to go and participate in, in an auction and get critical spectrum um, the Uh, important thing is the deployment thereafter of that spectrum uh, so that you get the right coverage footprint um, and we want to take that to 75% and then you get the right attributes in terms of uh, speed coverage reliability uh, and low latency uh, and that's what we're focused on if we can do that right we'll get great customer outcomes and we'll generate great economic returns which is what this organization has done uh, historically Uh, the spectrum that we procured uh, was expensive, uh, particularly if you look at it on a relative uh, basis. Uh, I don't think that there's um, uh, any surprise behind that. Uh, when you artificially constrain uh, supply uh, and you exacerbate that with an asymmetric set-aside, you, know, you are going to get a cost escalation of the spectrum, particularly when uh, the spectrum is important uh, to the 5G ecosystem. Uh, I do think that the cost of the spectrum uh, for all players um, uh, within the open spectrum construct um, was inconsistent uh, with what I think our country's agenda should be in respect of our digital economy, our digital society, uh, and the government's own affordability uh, agenda. Uh, If you have a cost escalation in your factors of production, that's inconsistent with a de-escalation from a price uh, perspective notwithstanding uh, uh, all of that uh, i can tell you uh, tell us we'll focus uh, on doing what we do best uh, as an organization and our track record on this front is without parallel Uh, so we're going to get on uh, with deploying the spectrum and leading the world when it comes to network performance Uh, and we have consistently led not just the country, but led the world when it comes to wireless network performance. Our 4G performance proves that in and of itself as it's outperformed a lot of 5G networks uh, on a global basis. And so we'll lead on speed, coverage, reliability, uh, and latency. Uh, We will complement that uh, with the global best performance in customer service, thanks to our people, our culture, uh, and our digital technology. We simply offer the best service. uh, And I can tell you one thing with certainty, the quality of that service Uh, at a humanistic and at a digital level will be better tomorrow uh, than it is today. And then the combination of network leadership, technology leadership, um, and service leadership, uh, we will generate the best operational uh, results as it relates to uh, the loading uh, across our business. Wireless and wireline will generate the best financial results uh, and will generate the best economic uh, results uh, for our shareholders uh, as it relates to uh, our dividend uh, growth model. Uh, And we'll do that um, in terms of returning capital in a way that also respects uh, the needs of our balance sheet uh, and the future strength and investment profile that we want to pursue as an organization. And I think the other factor here is the resiliency uh, of TELUS. Uh, We have a very unique uh, asset mix. Uh, So we have a a level of unparalleled performance, uh, not just from our core business, and you can see that in Q2, uh, in respect of our wireline and wireline, uh, uh, wireline and wireless operations, it's clearly highlighted in Q2 the the absolute and relative performance uh, of our business uh, at a core level, uh, but it's complemented uh, with a unique uh, mix uh, of emerging growth uh, assets. Uh, you saw that in TI's Q2 uh, results, um, and what they're intending to do in the back six months of the year and thereafter prospectively. I think it's a tremendous growth story. And that growth story is indicative uh, of what's to come uh, on health uh, and ag. And when I look around uh, globally uh, within our sector, uh, I don't see another company uh, that has that level of growth and resiliency in combination. Um, And I think it makes us an exciting investment story.
2: Great, thanks. And then a second one, if I may, uh, maybe for, for Francois. Um, can you expand a bit on tell uh, TELUS agriculture strategy, uh, maybe in terms of uh, of where we are in terms of business maturity? And uh, are we still in, at the time of integration or deployment of new products? And then if you can share uh, what part of growth uh, is organic at this point. Thanks. Yeah,
6: thank, thanks, Jerome, for the question. Um, so I think we're at a very exciting stage of our um, growth here within Telus Agriculture. As you know, the mission that we set for ourselves is to allow and enable for better access to food in the future and food that we can trace the quality, safety, security of uh, between the time there's a seed that is put into the soil to the time we have food on our plate. And the way we've gone about to do that and to achieve this is to put a collection of assets over the last 24 months that really are second to none on a global basis. When you look at the three verticals in agriculture, whether it's the um, one at the end of the spectrum with input manufacturers, uh, what we call the agribusiness side of things, or the other end of the spectrum with the retail, uh, the food and retail uh, side of things, uh, or the farmers themselves in the middle, we are actually able to offer now with our suite of assets, the capability to enable a more efficient operations along the way. And where we're going in the future and where we're growing um, interestingly is we want to do what we did in health in the past, which is to break down the silos and enable better exchange of information across the entire spectrum and across the entire food value chain. Um, In terms of growth capabilities, you've seen our increasing disclosure um, this quarter. And I'm very excited to say that we're shooting for the $400 million mark uh, at the end of 2021, um, which represents double-digit growth, um, two-thirds of which will be digital infotech solutions, and a third of which is is on the telecom side. And in terms of future growth, I I think you can see and gauge from my excitement uh, on this and the excitement of our team and, and the fact that we're bringing together something that really doesn't exist today but has a lot of demand for. You you have to think about uh, telus agriculture that will continue to be a meaningful and growing contributor to the top line. We're going to do so profitably and and increasing cash flows along the way. And I think you should expect it to continue to scale quickly, given, again, the opportunity that we have in front of us.
2: Thank you. That's helpful. next question, please. Next
1: question comes from Vince Valentini from TD Securities and uh, just to remind everyone if you want to queue up for a question, please press star 1 now. Thank you. Go ahead Vince.
5: Yeah, thanks. First, um, on that real estate comment, uh, Doug, I hadn't heard that before. Any way you can ballpark quantify that uh, that for us? Is it like a north of a billion dollar opportunity? Uh, Second little question, the 26% healthcare revenue growth looks very impressive. Are you willing to give us any sense of what the organic uh, portion of that was? And then maybe the bigger one is to stay with agriculture for a sec. I I sense from your comments and from giving us this $400 million figure that you'd like to see us start to strip that out and, and the comps in that space trade it. Much higher multiples than than core telecom businesses. Um, if we're going to do that, we kind of have to have some idea of how much EBITDA to take out if we take out the revenue. Are you willing to give us any ballpark on what goes with the 400 million? Is it is it 10 million of EBITDA? Is it 50? Is it 100? I, I really have no idea, so I suspect others don't, and it's difficult to break it out if we, if we can't take out both revenue and EBITDA. Thanks. Uh, maybe on the take land
3: that?
4: one. Sorry, Darren.
3: Yeah, why don't don't you kick it off?
4: So maybe on the land one, um, yes we have a site to um, a multi-year program that could be in excess of a billion dollars. So uh, it will be multi-year obviously um, and uh, it uh, could be a strategy of uh, development to development, sales, partnership, etc. So uh, that's Definitely the magnitude that we are looking at over the multi-year product or
3: multi-year program. And Vince, on on the ag front, Preston, I want you to go ahead. I'll I'll close on the guidance parameters.
6: Yeah. So so at the ag front, we're not disclosing at this point the uh, EBITDA contribution, although it is positive and and growing. And so we 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 could see increased uh, disclosure uh, in, in the future. There are some aspects of our agriculture business that are uh, healthy in terms of margins, other that are uh, nascent and more of a curve investment uh, to it. Um, on the health side of things, uh, you know, we, we've talked about the strong 26% uh, revenue growth. You have to think about that growth in the context of, of COVID and and has it reflects really the strength and diversity of our assets. You know, the, in, in the context of COVID, you've got uh, pieces of our business like the health benefit management or the clinic that have been impacted by the lockdown measures uh, on, a, on a national basis. But you also have very strong growth on um, areas like uh, virtual care as an example. And, and the metrics we've been disclosing uh, now for two quarters uh, kind of exemplify that from a virtual care member perspective, you've seen an 83% year-over-year growth in terms of number of members. You've seen our health uh, life covered also grow uh, almost at a 17% click over the over the last year. And same thing on the digital transaction, if you take a quarter over over quarter from 2020 to 2021, at 10.5% um, uh, growth. So you get through that an idea of of, of uh, where we are at in terms of organic growth and where we aim to be into the, in the future as well.
5: Francois, are all those customer and sort of operating metrics organic?
6: These are uh, the growth, yes, year over year, uh, and a mix of organic and acquisition.
3: Okay. Thank you. But they're not flattered by um, the acquisitions in terms of the profitability profile Vince, given the nascent nature uh, of the J-curve profile uh, and the developing profitability prospectively. And on the Ag front, uh, Vince, um, you will get uh, health-like disclosure um, publicly on, let's say, top three key parameters uh, for the 2022 uh, financial year. So sit tight for a couple of quarters. Uh, focus on the great results uh, on the Q2 front, uh, the very encouraging uh, results on the health front, the inaugural disclosure uh, on on ag on the 400 million and the digital composition and software composition uh, of that. Uh, And then you'll get a level of heightened specificity um, uh, that you can measure us against and draw inference from as it relates to valuations for the 22 uh, financial year uh, and beyond. Uh, and you are indeed quite right uh, that the multiples on the ag side uh, are significantly uh, higher uh, than what we see in telecoms. Thank you. Mihai, next oh. question, please.
1: Of course. Um, next question comes from Simon Flannery from Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead, Simon.
6: Great. Thank you very much. Following up on the Spectrum auction, um, could you – Give us some sense of how fast you expect to build out the 3500 spectrum. Is, is that, that part of your 75% this year or will that take a little bit longer? And given the um, higher spectrum band, does that require more de- grid densification around that? And is this already included in your CapEx plans? Thanks.
3: Yes, it requires densification or um, cell-splitting, Simon. Uh, Yes, uh, it's included uh, in our CapEx plans and our CapEx uh, uh, acceleration plans. Yes, 3,500 is included as a piece part uh, within uh, the 75% uh, coverage footprint uh, number that I gave you by the end of uh, 2021 but the preponderance of operationalizing uh, that spectrum uh, will be um, in 2022, uh, just because of sheer timing considerations uh, and the like.
6: And does that then drive the 5G speeds higher? Any sense of how much more you'll be able to achieve with the 40 megahertz in the key markets?
3: Uh, Yes, so right now we're uh, at a situation uh, of 1.7 gigabits per second. Uh, I would be uh, seeing TELUS uh, exit the year at two gigabits per second. Is that specific enough?
6: That's great, thank you. Lehi,
3: next
2: question, please.
1: Of course, and uh, this is the last question we have in the queue. So if you do um, want to ask a question, please press star one now. But uh, the next question comes from Aravinda Galapatige from Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead.
4: Thanks for taking my question, uh, too, from me. Um, I wanted to focus on the T-TECH uh, margins. Obviously, uh, good results in Q2, and when I look at it from a service uh, perspective, it looks like the margins actually expanded in Q2. I was wondering if you can help frame the upside to the T-TECH margins from here. You know, when you look at the components, wireline obviously has upside, as we've discussed, uh, you know, over the years, um, as health and ag tech ramps up naturally there should be some, or there could be some upside there. Um, we, given that we now look at tech holistically, can, I was wondering if we can talk to the, uh, um, sort of the, the the upside to margins. And uh, secondly, uh, really quickly, Darren, I was wondering if we can just talk to B2B trends, um, particularly as we start to emerge from the pandemic, what uh, any, any worthwhile takeaways to discuss there? Thank you.
3: Okay, Doug, why don't you kick it off? Uh... Zainal and Jim, I think you should uh, kick in uh, on that front, Uh, and maybe as it relates to margins and economies of scope, you can also talk about the success on the mobile and home uh, bundling, but you can give uh, the specificity of the individual product lines uh, as well as it relates to growing uh, profitability. Uh, Doug, over to you. Uh,
4: Thank you, Darren. Um, So maybe within the product sets, obviously wireless, Margins were impacted more from uh, roaming than anything else. And as you see roaming recovery um, happen, you will see uh, that impact on on the TTEC margins uh, from the wireless perspective. We also um, both in in all of our products that's continued on on the digitization path, um, which does drive efficiency and effectiveness to to helping on the margin front right from uh, team member perspective and, and labor to commissioning, et cetera. Um, so driving efficiency and effectiveness on on that side. Uh, we still had pressures um, with healthcare and and ag tech, for that matter, with COVID um, and um, margins uh, from that perspective were um, pressured uh, with the top line uh, pressure that happened. And so as we look forward, as we get the recovery. Uh, in healthcare, as more preventative health um, is, is being put back through the system, uh, we, our margins will improve on, on the healthcare side. And ag tech, as Darren highlighted, some of that J curve, um, organic growth uh, will also be driving that margin front. Uh, and we also then, back to the, the bigger conversation of copper-to-fibre, um, you know, Zainal highlighted a lot of the copper-to-fibre benefits Uh, and the traction we're getting on the migration of those customers, which is also margin accretive. Um, So those are the main driving factors. Um, I'll leave the B2B then, um, which is also a driving factor, um, but I'll leave that for one of my other team members.
0: Daniel, Jim? Yeah, so I'll top up maybe. Thanks, Doug. So I think you covered a number of the main highlights in terms of where our margin accretion opportunities can be incurred. Maybe I'll I'll top up with a, a few other parameters. When we took on our capital acceleration program, with respect to our investments, obviously the broadband components, including the acceleration of fiber and 5G are at the forefront, but we've also undertaken an even expanded journey from a digitization perspective. And we see significant margin opportunity in terms of our drive to self-serve capabilities, our drive to ensure that we advance our platforms on which we deliver services to more margin accretive platforms, and our ability to extract costs uh, from our initiatives like copper-to-fiber migrations by moving our customers to more digital experiences. So those are certainly margin accretive opportunities. On the B two B side, we have seen uh, we have are projecting improvements through the latter half of the year in terms of margin improvement as well as take rates on customer value uh, for the services we provide. And we are leveraging opportunities to move to cloud based services for our customers and leveraging agile capabilities um, for business to business in terms of providing IP based services uh, over our portfolio. So maybe Jim wants to top up with further uh, comments.
7: For sure. So uh, on the wireless side, um, you know we've talked about ARPU quite a bit, but we are seeing a nice steady quarter-over-quarter underlying ARPU improvement. This quarter actually represented the fourth straight quarter of sequential improvement to our uh, our 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 ARPU. Um, Roaming. Um, our roaming result um, this quarter was 23% of 2019, but uh, flat year over year. We would expect to start to see recovery, um, kind of starting in the Q4 uh, timeframe. Um, and you know, we're we really really like the acceleration that we're seeing in terms of step up to unlimited. I think there's a couple of other things that are important to note. One is um, we've worked really hard to diversify our, our channels. Um, direct-to-consumer, omni-channel, physical channels are, are delivering really strong, high-quality subscriber growth, and, and most importantly, flexibility, so strong growth whether we're in COVID lockdowns or if we're open in physical retail. And this quarter, we were very pleased with the resiliency of our subscriber growth um, as we opened, and we're seeing strong results in Ontario, and that's carrying right on through to July. So. Uh, really nice, nice result there. I think one tie into business on the wireless side is um, the same dynamics that we're seeing on ARPU and consumer. We're seeing in small and medium business, which is really great to see. And we're seeing tremendous growth in connected devices. So um, this quarter at 84,000 was 154% year-over-year growth, and and that's good, high-margin revenue that's contributing. And then I'd say the last thing um, to point out is that really seeing healthy cost management as we're, we're seeing nice efficiencies in our direct-to-consumer channels and then more productivity in our corporate stores. So our direct-to-consumer channels are reducing our commission costs. Um, we're, you know we're, Our investments in omni-channel are helping us optimize our inventory while providing our customers the ability to process transactions online and pick up and, and store and giving them the ultimate flexibility. So, you know, some really, really nice drivers um, beneath the business
3: and those are going to carry forward. On the B2B side, uh, Naveen and the team are doing a, a fantastic job within our B2B uh, operations uh, as it relates to revectoring the profitability of that business. Clearly, it's been... Uh, softened uh, as a result of the pandemic, the economic uh, impact, uh, other circumstances as well. Um, it's an upside opportunity uh, for TELUS uh, that's material uh, in terms of the B2B recovery. Uh, right now, it's dilutive uh, to our profitability. Uh, prospectively in 2022, um, it's going to be accretive uh, to our profitability. So that when you look uh, at the strength uh, of our Q2 uh, results, uh, that's not reflective of the contribution that we're going to see prospectively on the B2B front. That's absorbing the dilution uh, of profitability on B2B and still generating uh, terrific Q2 results. Uh, I think as we go from dilutive to accretive uh, on the B2B uh, front uh, in 2022, uh, it is a very bright uh, story for this organization uh, prospectively. Uh, and it's not you know, one that you know, is too difficult uh, to understand in the post-pandemic uh, world. We will benefit from uh, the recovery. Uh, We'll benefit from the great work uh, that Naveen and the team have been doing uh, in the development uh, of that business, uh, from the growth agenda to very, very important cost efficiency uh, measures uh, that they've undertaken. Uh, The 5G conversation uh, that we've been having on this call is most pertinent to uh, our B2B uh, operations. Um, in particular, uh, a number of verticals uh, that are intimate uh, to us. So uh, you don't have to have much of a, an imagination to understand what 5G can do on the health front, what it can do uh, on the ag uh, front, uh, what it can do to our IoT businesses. And you saw uh, the level of outperformance on connected devices that we delivered uh, within Q2, uh, what it can do to our security strategy, whether it's commercial Uh, or uh, whether it's cyber uh, related, uh, the opportunity there uh, is significant uh, prospectively. Uh, On the fiber front, uh, that's not been an area uh, that historically has been benefiting uh, our B2B uh, operations Um, and I think it's the mandate of this management team uh, to make sure uh, that fiber does for business uh, what it's done for our consumer uh, operations um, and we intend to to drive that uh, to fruition. Uh, extremely uh, aggressively uh, in that regard uh, and one of the key areas that we're uh, pursuing from a growth perspective is on the small and medium uh, business side uh, that is a, a current bright news story uh, for us uh, on B2B uh, which I think will be aided and abetted uh, by the fiber thesis the 5G thesis uh, and the digital uh, capability set you know one of the big areas uh, that's growing for us on B2B is helping uh, clients uh, from a Cloud collaboration point of view, cloud transformation point of view, digital transition point of view, dynamic data insights point of view, a lot of upside opportunity there still to be secured. So I would expect this developing story for us to be increasingly accretive to the EBITDA of the organization over the 2022 timeframe and then thereafter. Uh, you know, and a nice compliment uh, to the success that we've been driving uh, on consumer wireless uh, and consumer wireline. Um, and it's interesting to note, um, in terms of early foreshadowings, uh, we've had a terrific uh, wireless performance uh, out of our b two b operations, which has buttressed our corporate uh, results uh, and continuing to build on that component of the momentum and complement that with excellence on the wireline front leveraging uh, what we what we can do uh, on fiber and digital, uh, particularly within key verticals. Um, certainly a good news story on the come.
5: Thank you very much, I'll pass the line.
2: Mihai, do we have any other uh, uh, analysts in the queue? Uh,
1: no, we don't at this point.
2: Okay, thank you Mihai, and thank you everyone for taking the time to join us today. Uh, Please feel free to reach out to the IR team with any follow-ups. Take care, everyone. And for those of you in Canada, we wish you a wonderful long weekend.
1: Everyone, this concludes the TELUS 2021 uh, Q2 earnings conference call. Thank you for your participation and have a nice day.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks.